Brilliant. Okay. So you can carry on those conversations uh, after when we have some more tea and coffee and maybe some biscuits if the young people don't get there first. So we have started our core value series over the last few weeks. And a couple of weeks ago, Theo spoke on our values and beliefs as new community church. And uh, just to clarify, we don't believe in polygamy. Um, <laughs> Jenny was just kind of saying that in jest. Um, but yeah, he spoke about our core values and beliefs. So do go back and listen to that. And then last week, he spoke on presence, that we prioritize the presence of God. Um, and all of these values that we're going to be doing, the, the following ones that will come up today, I'm doing growth and then we'll have community, ownership, confidence, and being outward looking. All of these values interlink. And so it is really important that we journey this all together. And so if you're on kids team and you miss one, you can go back and listen to them. They're about 30 minutes long and hopefully uh, good to listen to, I hope. So today we are going to, they're there up there. Brilliant. Okay, so today we're going to be thinking about growth that we equip and empower one another to grow. Now, I chose to not take it too personally when Theo said to me, can you speak on growth? Um, I've been undergoing quite a lot of personal growth over the last few weeks, um, hopefully spiritual, but more physical. Um, and it's not because, in case you were wondering, that I ate too much on holiday probably did eat too much on holiday, but it is because I am growing a small human, and uh, who, um, who hopefully should be with us in March, that would be ideal. Uh, I'm very excited about this, but it's, it, and it still amazes me, this is my fourth child, um, and it still amazes me the rate at which a child grows in the womb and then when they're born, how quickly they're not a newborn anymore and how hopefully this baby will be able to be weaned and have solid food and then be crawling and walking within, you know, 18 months, two years. They'll, they'll be able to do so much more than they can now. Aging is a natural progress for us all. My husband, Ben, Turned 40 yesterday. This talk isn't all my family news, by the way. Um, uh, which I think I'm more disturbed about than you are, um, about the ageing process. But, you know, it's something for all of us, isn't it? We will all, we're all growing old, no matter how old we are, whether we're a tiny baby or older, we age. But we don't necessarily or mature at the same rate. And it's the same for us as believers in Jesus. We can become old Christians, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we become mature Christians. And at New Community Church, we want to become mature Christians, to be more like Jesus, to be rooted in our faith, humble in our character, and growing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's talked a lot about in the New Testament. In Hebrews 6, it says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. 
In Hebrews 5, it says, stop feeding on baby milk, but instead you need solid food. In 1 Corinthians, there uh, is written about the frustration of the church still feeding on milk. Not baby Christians anymore. We need to have more in-depth teaching to grow more. These are to the New Testament churches. And we want to grow. We don't want to, we, we, we do all start as babies. That is our natural progression. We start as baby Christians, absolutely. And we need to have milk, but then we need to be weaned off milk onto solid food. The solid teaching of Jesus needs to continue. Growth is an unescapable theme throughout the whole of scripture. And there's so many verses that I could pick out. But the route to all of our growth is by us prioritizing the presence of Jesus in our own lives. And when we're rooted in him and close to him, then that's, that's how we will grow. Here are just a few examples of this in the Bible from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. I am the vine, that's Jesus, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit and remain vital and green. Who wants to remain vital and green into their old age? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. As we draw close to God and we prioritize his presence in our life, that is how we will grow. He is the source. Uh, when I was baptized, I was given John 15 as a word of encouragement. That's that passage about remaining in him. And through various different words and pictures, that's a repetitive theme that I've had throughout my life. I know that I need to remain in Jesus if I'm going to grow. And when I'm struggling, I know the one answer is to draw back to him. Without prioritizing the presence, we won't grow. Instead, our roots need to go down deep into him so our knowledge of him grows. And as we live by the Spirit, we'll produce the fruits of the Spirit and our characters will grow and we'll bear fruit. But what I find really interesting, really, the new... Gaz didn't find it so interesting. Um, what I find really interesting throughout the whole of the New Testament, but especially in Ephesians, which we looked at in more detail a few months ago, is this idea that really our faith is not an alone thing. I think so often we think we must do a personal devotion, which we absolutely should, that, that's good, but we make it all about us, our individual selves, but actually our faith is about us, about all of us, about a church, and that's, Ephesians is this beautiful picture of God saying, of, of Paul writing to the church saying, you are together growing. And this is beautifully explained in Ephesians 4. So that's what I'm going to read from this morning. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. 
Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Jesus has given us a range of gifts with a purpose to use them to equip and empower one another to grow, to be a healthy, growing church that's full of love. That's a beautiful picture. That's what we want to be healthy and growing. This is growth. And so this is kind of the question that I want us to explore this morning how do we, as a people, mature into a healthy, growing church that's full of love? Well, first of all, it, it draws out in this passage that word equip, that we will equip one another. And that's one of the words we've used in our value, that we will equip and empower one another to grow. So equip, equipping has this idea of putting right uh, it's the ancient Greek word that was used was about fixing bones or mending nets. So the ministries, the apostles, the evangelists, etc., work together to produce strong, fit, mended Christians. That's the purpose. This word equipping is a translation of the Greek word katartismos. Ben's smiling, so I probably said it wrong. Um, this is a picture um, of something that we need to use, but something has to be done to it first in order for it to be used. So think of an old bike or an old car. It needs mending and fixing so that it can be used for purpose. It's got this idea, firstly, of repair, of putting back together the words used in Matthew 4. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing nets. So that, that word, that Greek word is used, repairing. So it's used to repair. And it's secondly used to prepare, to get us ready for a purpose. So the same word is used in this verse in Hebrews. Now may the God of peace equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. We need to be repaired, but we also need to be prepared. Church is not just a hospital, it's not just a repair shop. It is, we are an army getting ready for God's purpose, for God's mission to do his works in the church and outside of the church. That's our purpose. We are being prepared to, to serve God's mission, to be outward looking in God's mission. 
So the gifts of apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers are given to repair and prepare to produce these strong, mended, fit Christians. So for example, our grow hubs and our discipleship pathway, the purpose of those is to produce strong, mended, fit and ready Christians. So think about Alpha or Freedom in Christ or the Bible course or other ones. They help us prepare our broken, repair our brokenness, make us realise what our identity in Christ is. A lot of us aren't sure about that, but we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know what the truth is about God. We need to know what his big story is. They repair our thinking and then they prepare us to go. And this is a continuous process. It doesn't stop. So it's not just for new Christians, that baby Christians, it's for all of us. We continuously need to be repaired and prepared. I struggle every day with some of this. I have to remind myself of what my identity in Christ is. I need to keep on being challenged. Absolutely, it's continuous for each one of us. It says in verse 13, this will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full standard of Christ. It keeps on going until we reach God's, Jesus' standard. I know certainly I have not reached Jesus' standard None of us have, not until we reach eternity with him. We are continuously needing to grow and be transformed into the image of God. We need to keep on equipping one another until we reach that point all the time, continuously. So equipping, we need to equip one another. But what will the growth actually look like? What does it look like in this passage? Well, there'll be markers of growth, a bit like there are in a garden where you can see the plants, where you can see the ones that are healthy, see the ones that are thriving, and then you can see the ones that are thriving a little bit less. Um, we live on a road that has got lots of retired people on, and they have beautiful gardens, of which my heart feels like I would like mine to be the same, but it's not. Um, and one of the guys over the road, he was growing sunflowers this year, and they grew and they grew. They grew and they grew and they grew until they reached his first story, and then they went beyond. They didn't quite reach the top of the house, but they were huge. And um, he would go and tend to them every day, even throughout the heat waves. And um, they had so many heads on. These aren't actually his sunflowers. His were even better. But I didn't take a picture of his house. So um, I knew that they were growing and thriving and healthy and well cared for because they looked so healthy. And the same is true for, for us as Christians. There's markers that show us, are we growing or are we not growing? And this passage outlines some of these things. Now, this passage, Ephesians 4, is only part of that. There's so many passages in the New Testament that show us about what growth of a uh, mended, fit and ready Christian looks like. But I'm just going to look at this this morning. Verse 14, it said, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching. 
We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way to be more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We don't want just to just be old Christians. We want to be mature Christians. We're going to all age, but we want to mature, and it takes the right environment, doesn't it? So uh, I've spoken to a number of different people in different childcare settings with, with children from little to, to much bigger, and it's undeniable that COVID and lockdown has had a level of impact on children and young people, some much more than others. It's impacted school readiness, behaviour, social anxiety, because lockdown stole from them some crucial social development time, things that they couldn't easily get back. And the same is true for us as Christians. If we lock ourselves down or if we remove ourselves from church or community, from obeying what God's asking of us, of being accountable and vulnerable, of using our gifts and skills, if we, if we limit ourselves and hold back, then we're not going to mature in the same way. It's important that we're in the, the right environments to mature. As mature Christians, it says there that we will be stable, that we'll have stability that we'll be able to stand firm in our faith, that our roots will go down and draw into him. We'll be able to draw from his truth. It's so easy for us to believe the lies of the devil, but we need to be rooted and strong in what God says about us. Uh, over the last few weeks, I, my confidence has been much lower than it usually is. I'm not exactly sure why, maybe it's hormonal, uh, I don't know, but it's been low. And last week, I had to tell myself that they were, the things that I was thinking about myself were not true, and I needed to give myself a good talking to, and I need to remind myself of who I am in Christ and what he's called of me and what he's asked of me, and to not listen to those things. It hasn't made all of those feelings go away. I still feel some of those feelings. But that cannot change who I am and whose I am. I know that I do not want the devil to win. And so my stability needs to go deep, deep down into Jesus and speak those truths to myself even when I don't feel like I believe them. Truth is so important. And I find it so interesting in this passage that the thing that it really draws out about our maturity and our stability is knowing truth. There's lots of amazing things that we can have as we develop our mature Christian characters. But here it draws out truth. It talks about speaking truth in love. And I think this is something that we so need to get hold of as we mature as Christians. But especially at the moment, how do we speak into our workplaces, into society, into our neighbourhoods, truth, but with love? By maturity, by being mature. 
we are going to need to speak into situations that are really, really tricky. Truth and love about gender and sexuality and addiction and identity. We need to have our roots going really, really deep down and be able to execute those conversations with the most love, but also with truth. And then as we conform, as we, we bring our roots down deeper into Jesus, we will grow up towards him, not growing towards something else. We don't want to be super skilled and super gifted for our own sake, but so that we become more like Jesus, that we measure up to his standard, that we conform to him. And what will that look like as we start to conform and become more like Jesus? Well, we see Jesus' example in the New Testament. It says in, in, in um, the New Testament that Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favour. We will become, as the Holy Spirit lives in our lives, we will start to bear his fruit to our character. We'll become more loving, more joyful, more kind, more gentle. These are the things that we will show as we start to grow up in him. Our characters will develop and we will begin to bear his fruit. Now, I'm speaking this as a church. I'm not, I know that there's individuals that will have all different sorts of stories and testimonies of how long you've been a Christian. But as a church, we, New Community Church is 48 years old. We're 48. I know there's some other people that are 48. We're going to be celebrating our 50th birthday soon as a, as a church. We're not the new kids on the block anymore. And sometimes that might feel hard, but we've got some amazing things to bring to the table. It, we've got a maturity and a stability that we can bring to this city. We can bring unity. We can do things together. It's been, um, you know, Theo's put a lot of work into all this stuff about the parking, working with other churches and, and representing other churches, working together. And Sarah's been um, working with the Church of the Ascension in Bitten Park at the CU. It's not been territorial at all. It's just been, we just want to work together to bless these children and to bless this school. These are the kind of things we can bring unity we're mature. When conversations are going to get difficult over the next few years, we can bring stability. We can be the church that can speak truth in love. This is the kind of church that we want to be, and that's why it's such an important value for us, growth and growth into maturity. So how do we get there? Well, the answer's uh, in verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As we each play our part and take ownership of the gifts and the skills that God's given to us and we contribute them to the table, to this community, then we're going to help one another grow 
And I was really encouraged this morning because PJ came up to me and, and so Catherine and I and shared a word along those lines. And, and Jenny said, you've all got a part to play. You've all got something to bring. It was lovely to see Ethan on the sound desk this morning. What an excellent example. Um, an excellent example of saying, I'm going to step up and I'm going to play my part. Um, it was, uh, there's been lots of privileges over developing the hubs over the last few months. But one of the things that I really brought a smile to my face was the people that stepped up and said that they wanted to lead a grow hub. And there was such a lovely um, mix of apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors saying, this is what I've got to bring. I want to use what I've got to equip and empower one another. This is an excellent example of people saying, I want to prioritise the growth of this church and bring what I have. So at the beginning, I said, I asked the question, how do we mature into a healthy, growing church that's full of love? Well, it's maybe a bit cliched, but it's by equipping and empowering one another to grow. That's how we do it, by all playing our part. Because together, we want to become mature followers of Christ, rooted in faith, humble in character, and growing in the gifts we've been given. As we grow in Christ, we will become increasingly fruitful. Therefore, we will invest in the spiritual growth of, of others, equipping one another to grow in faith, character, and gifting. So how do we at New Community Church practically do this? What does it look like? Well, there's a few different ways that we prioritise growth and discipleship. First of all, we really encourage everybody to have their own personal devotional life, to prioritise the presence of, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in your homes, to be praying and worshipping in your homes and reading scripture. Because, uh, as I said, by prioritising God's presence, that's how we'll grow. By mentoring or discipling others or meeting one-to-one, whatever you want to call it. And with that, let's be a church that says, who can I invest in rather than who's investing in me? Because that will start to shift our culture if we think about who we can pass our faith on to, what can I do and that's why I love the fact that Ethan did the sound because that is a young person who says, this is what I can do to help. We've all got something. Pattern groups or accountability. So they're small, vulnerable, accountable relationships or friendships. Pursuing these friendships and relationships is really, really crucial to our growth. Um, I think I've had some form of accountable relationship ever since I was about 16 or 17. And I don't think without these, I would uh, have the faith that I've got today. It's really important to be vulnerable with one another, pray into those situations so that you will be able to grow. Now, I think every time I've approached one of those relationships, I've been the one to ask. I don't think anyone has ever come up to me and said, can you be accountable with me? I don't think that's happened, which I don't know if that says something about me. I'm not sure, but 
But I think it's really important that we pursue those things, that we pursue um, those relationships in our lives. And we purposely don't organise those as a staff team because we want to encourage a culture of ownership and confidence in those things. Grow hubs and the discipleship pathway. Um, now, these are for each one of us. I've talked about this. Our maturing process is a continuous process that doesn't stop. And so we all are able to step into these things. We all need to grow more. It would be worth having... We we're going to launch some new and some of uh, the same grow hubs in March. And so over the next few months, do be thinking about what it is that God is challenging you in that perhaps you need to grow in. Uh, we, we all need to grow in some areas, that's for sure. We'll give you a little bit more time to um, see what the different grow hubs are, uh, but do have to think and pray about what it is God's asking of you to grow in. And then finally, training others to develop their giftings. We want to provide opportunities so that uh, people can grow. And there's a number of ways which are really good training grounds for us to develop as apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. Um, and we've got, you could be a hub, you could be involved in a hub, you could go out with um, Grace in the park, you could come along and help at Warm Space or Community Cafe, lead the next gen group. There's lots of ways for us to, to develop these giftings so we can equip and empower one another. Do go and chat to Grace or uh, Rachel Comrish is here, myself, if you'd like to get involved in those things. So growth. We want to equip and empower one another. I was thinking this morning about um, how we could respond in worship. Or now might be a good time, actually, to, for the worship team to come up. I was thinking this morning about how do we respond? What, what's the best way of responding to this? Do we go in on ourselves and ask God what he wants of us? But I was reminded of Solomon. And Solomon, God said, what, what would you like? And the thing he asked for was wisdom. And I know that there are people here this morning that are really passionate about discipleship and really passionate about people becoming mature, strong, mended, fit and ready Christians. And I think we need to pray. We need to intercede. We need to ask God that we would be an ever-growing, maturing church because it is something that we intentionally need to step into. Um, and so I've popped up on here the things that I've been talking about in terms of marks of growth, maturity, stability, truth, being able to speak in truth and love and conforming to Jesus. And we're going to um, sing more one more worship song together. But can I invite you to, to come down? And I think especially I'd love to invite people that are passionate about discipleship. Maybe you're leading a grow hub. Maybe you wanted to lead a grow hub. Maybe you mentor people. Maybe you've been really challenged by this. And I'd love us to pray. So I'm going to start praying. There's going to be some music. And please, please do come down. Let's pray together for this. So if you could stand up, that would be brilliant. 
Grace, thank you. Father, thank you for bringing New Community Church to where we are. Thank you for growing us. Lord, we want to be a church who is known for its maturity, for its stability, for being able to speak your truth in love to people by ever becoming more like you, Jesus. Jesus, we pray that we would be a people that yearn to grow. I pray that you would set that in our hearts on fire, that we wouldn't be satisfied with being babies, we wouldn't be satisfied with just having milk, but we would yearn for solid food, that we would be a congregation that is hungry for fruits and vegetables and meats and solid food, Lord. For your word, for your scripture, set a hunger in us for your truth. We pray that we would be uh, that we would be moved to spending more time with you, more time in Scripture. Lord, I pray that you'd give us opportunities where we're able to disciple one other other people, where it's so obvious that someone's in front of us that we need to pass our faith on to them. I pray for the evangelists. I pray that you would develop their gifting. I pray that you would use those evangelists to teach the rest of us. We, we desperately want people to know about you. Let us grow in being great sharers of you. Lord, I pray for the apostles, that they would step up, that they would have courage and be brave and have your vision and see what it is that you're doing, what it is you're doing in our church and what it is that you're doing in our city. And that we would be trained as a church to see things with your eyes. I pray for the prophets, Lord, raise up the prophets in our, in our church, Lord God. Don't let them stay silent, Lord, and let them be great teachers not just bringing words, but, but teaching others how to hear your voice, to know your call, Lord God. We pray for the teachers who have a gift at opening up the scriptures. Lord, we need to understand your words. We desperately need to understand your words, not just in our heads, not just academically, but we need to know your truth so that we can be stable, so that we can speak your truth in love. Raise up the teachers, Lord. And Lord, we pray for the pastors that are so easily forgotten or pushed to the sides. Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes to see who needs to be brought in, who needs to be included, who has got something to bring but don't know that they've got something to bring, Lord God. Enlarge the hearts of our pastors, Lord God. And Lord, if we don't know what it is we've got to bring, help us be kind. As Jenny said, help us bring something. Help us be like Ethan. Help us be like PJ and Amy who are rolling the paper away. Thank you that you want to use us, one another, for your church to grow into a mature and beautiful bride. 
Thank you, Jesus.